I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to All Starts Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Adam Elliott and I'm joined today by Martin Riley and Dan Holdsworth. Dan, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing pretty good, mate. I was at Ellen Road last night so and Leeds won handsomely, so what's better? What could be better? And what have you had for tea? Um, uh, pretty boring, actually. A baked potato with beans and a side salad, because that's all we had in. <laughs> so... <laughs> Martin, how are you? Big, big shot tomorrow. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, it's good, it's good to have you back, back with us, um, Adam. I haven't been on pod for you for a while. No, that's how <laughs> I've been with loads. Um, but no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, for my tea, I had a hot dog and burger. We had like an indoor barbecue kind of thing. So we just had some such, kind of a Jesse Marsh tea, hot dogs and burgers. Lovely. It was good. It was good, um, but I've just finished doing the review with Tom Alderson, which was fun. So it's a double header for me tonight. I'm playing double. And I was going to say, uh, you you had a little break for me at last. I, I wasn't on that one. It was just you and Toldo, so that's fine. Um, I myself had a lovely piece of fish with some couscous and a salad, so pretty boring, but what sort of fish? pretty tasty. When you have to name the fish? Well, I usually go for a sea bass. What about today? Come on, details. No, today was boring. Today was cold. Cod's nice. It's all right. Anyway, It'll do. Yeah, yeah. It does the job. Anyway, yeah, I'm not warmed up tonight because Dan's obviously just warmed up. Um, he spoke to uh, Johnny from the Borough Breakdown podcast and they had a good time, didn't you? Yes, I did actually. Yeah, Johnny was a really good host and a really knowledge- knowledgeable chap. So we had a nice chinwag about Leeds and Borough and how the game's going to sort of um, play out. So I'm going to sort of utilise all Johnny's opinions as my own on this podcast. And we've re- yeah. we've retweeted it from the Twitter account, so if anyone wants to go and watch that, I, I would urge you to. It was actually really good, Dan. You were really good. I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm biased towards you. you. You spoke really well and yeah, you did a good little summary of Leeds United for the last couple of years plus this season so far. But anyway, yesterday we are here to discuss Middlesbrough, as mentioned. Um, just quickly, um, you went to the Swansea game, did you? And you enjoyed it? 
I did. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of um kind of fun. I'm really looking forward to your review actually. Uh well Martin's review and, and Bitoldo because I'm really like intrigued as to what happened second half that wasn't happening first half. I've got my ideas, but I'd like, you know, obviously I haven't listened to what you guys thought from the watch back. I've not watched it back yet. But yeah, it was just a really good fun game and, and like like Rutter's goal was like worth the entrance fee alone, I think, you know, his control. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't start Martin off. Yeah, yeah. Probably just discuss this. Yeah. Uh, when he's passed for Dan James that's... and like in his celebration, which was nerdy but cool still somehow. Yeah, just everything about him. Martin, Martin, do you want to add anything? Did you enjoy Martin's your, eyes have rolled your back. review? <laughs> yeah, um, I was a bit of a mess after that goal. I'm not gonna lie. It was a very, 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 very nice goal. And everything about it from the pass from Ampadu uh, to the first touch, which was, I, I can't think of a footballer who could have brought that down better. Can you, can you two think of any football? <laughs> Honestly, that was there's no nothing he could have done better with that goal. Just every part of it was perfect, just to touch, getting it forward, wrestling with um, the centre back Humphreys, um, and then the finish. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I agree. Best footballer of all time. No debate. <laughs> no point talking about it. No, no, no other player in the world could have done that. Um, no other player other than maybe Calvin Phillips could have played that past either, like Ethan Ampadu. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's not too much in the way of news, actually, at the moment. The, the best news that's come out recently, and I think is still the same, although we are recording on Thursday evening, so Daniel Farkas' press conference is tomorrow, is that there's no injuries in the squad apart from Stuart Dallas, so that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think anyone went off, did they, with nursing an injury yesterday that I noticed? Possibly Strauch. I think he was holding his um, leg. He's cramping a little bit, apparently, yeah. but who knows? Cramp, yes. Yes. No, you're right. I knew that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so hopefully that's just, yeah, just recovery from his operation, I guess. Having impact. And let's hope that that is the case tomorrow. Touch wood and there's no one else got a training injury or anything like that in the last few hours of, of today. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we're going to talk about Middlesbrough now. Um, but Dan was... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, speaking to Johnny from the Borough Breakdown podcast, he also did an interview at our end. And Dan, you've been on a bit of a roll with these interviews. And we'll let everyone listen now to what you chat about with him. Okay, hello. And today I'm joined by Johnny from the Borough Breakdown podcast. Johnny, uh, how are you today? Yeah, I'm very good, Dan. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on as well. Um, it's been a minute since we've played Leeds. Uh, so yeah, it was it's yeah. really nice to chat to someone new for a while. Great stuff, yeah. Good to have you, mate. Good to have you. I've been listening to uh, a couple of your podcasts just to catch up, and it's good stuff. So it's nice to have such an eminent podcaster on our as a guest. Okay, so firstly, as Leeds and Borough have had a couple of years apart, uh, could you fill um, our listeners in on where what's going on with Borough and how things have been over the last sort of two, three years? Yeah, it's been a been a bit of a whirlwind, um, a massive change um, since we since we last played each other. Um, I think the last time you you guys played us, um, Jonathan Woodgate was in charge. Yeah, we asked, that's right. Uh, yep. Robbie, uh, yeah, Robbie Keane was the assistant manager. Yep. Um, we were heading towards League One, and it was a bit of you know a bit of turmoil, a little bit. You know, obviously yeah. we we had to get a lot of players off the books. Um, you know, un, under Jonathan Woodgate, and I felt from in a, in a little way because we had quite a lot of big earners under Tony Pulis, never yeah. really worked out. Then we had to kind of change our model slightly to kind of go go the complete other side and go right. Let's bring in a lot of young players um, and see if it works. And it really didn't. Um, and it just didn't feel like it was going to ever going to click. And Jonathan was unlucky to to some extent. He kind of got pushed under the bus a little bit. And then Neil Warnock had to come in and and kind of rescue us like he does with so many clubs. Um, so we are part of the Neil Warnock fan club as a, not fan club, but also the the club list that he's currently uh, managing. I think he's on what ninety one out ninety two teams now. So. Uh, in the entire yeah. English pyramid, so some of that like that, isn't it? And um, 
But yeah, when when Warnock was in charge, you know, we hired a, a head of football called Kieran Scott yeah. from Norwich. Um, and you know, it's about time we we kind of moved into this model of of bringing in uh someone who can run all the football operation side of things to get Gibson and um, yeah. Bowser away about away from things and really start building the club up and really start to move to a different model of bringing players in, develop them and sell them off for much more profit as you see with a lot of clubs now. And um obviously we the last time we had someone similar to that role was Victor Orta, which you guys <laughs> are fully aware of. Um yeah. and that obviously both of us have ended in disaster of that and in a mess at some point. So um, but Kieran's came in, he's, he's just kind of helped us rebuild and we brought in Chris Wilder and uh, went on a bit of a journey for over a season really and um, we went from about mid-table in the Warnock to just missing out on the playoffs. Then we rebuilt in the, in the summer for bringing loads of players for now, bringing quite a lot of loan players. Um, but in that meantime, Chris Wilder was speaking to Burnley and Bournemouth and tried to apply for other jobs. Um, and he, we got rid of him and then uh, Michael Carrick's came in and had a, an amazing... 12 months under Michael Carrick and this is where we're currently at right now mid-table in the championship but still very very optimistic uh, for the season ahead yeah yeah cool so this summer saw quite a bit of squad churn um, some notable departures including those kind of lone guys from last season that were quite important for you and uh, and there's some, been some notable arrivals as well how would you assess Borough's transfer window as a whole over the last summer yeah change massive change yeah. um, you know like last year it was like six loans uh, we brought in it was very much for now um, trying to bring mm. players in this year's been the opposite where we've tried to bring in a lot of players on a permanent deal um, yeah. with longer term contracts, young players trying to develop them, got a real coaching character in terms of development players. Um and we've and we've made some some really good good signings to be honest. You know, when I'm thinking of like great additions like um as young players, Rav Vandenberg came in um for a, a couple of million pound eighteen year old and absolutely amazing. He just looks he looks like a really good player. I mean, he's going to be a really good player defend, uh, as a centre yeah. half. He's playing right back at the moment, never played there ever in his career, ever. Um and just fitted in like it was nothing and it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, Morgan Rogers came from from Manchester well, Blackpool and Manchester City, so he start he slowly starting to show his 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 skills, yeah. uh, his, his, his like ability, and Senny Dieng goal, a goalkeeper is our most important position. If you watch Mills replay, you'll see that from how we build up from the back and how we try to play through teams and and, and have that that distribution is really key. Zach Stefan was amazing last year at that, and we've just built on it again with Dieng, and then and then Sam Greenwood. I, yeah. I would say it being, I was surprised we got him, and then obviously that deal could be one point five million as long as you guys don't go up, um, and. Uh, Good bit of business. And then we've got some players as well around like Engel, Silvera, Lati, Lafangura. And then unfortunately, Lewis O'Brien got injured. But these are players that are slowly starting to develop and develop and develop. And that's what our transfer window's been about. It's just been about bringing in players that can develop. And some are here for mm. now. Some are, are going to take a, a probably another 18 months to really get the best out of them. But I think that's where we're currently at. We don't have the big budgets anymore. And yeah. uh, we're just trying to, to build for the future now. And I think that's kind of where we're at. And overall, I was quite happy with it. I mean, I'm quite happy with yeah. it, and I think we're slowly building. We still need a bit of sprinkle of quality up front now, and which will probably get us over the line. But overall, I'm, I'm I think it's been a good window for us. It's setting up nicely for the future as well, which I think it's a good thing to have. In, in like in the short term, which of those players would you say has had the biggest impact so far? I would probably say there's three. So there's three. I would say. Yeah. Sam, Sam Greenwood, which is funny given that you give us him on, on loan. Um, Sam's been really fortunate that Riley McGree, who is arguably our, our best player, has been injured. Yeah. And yeah. he's been able to come in and, and just make a bit of an impact, 
defensively a bit questionable, yeah. but going forward, his goal contributions are superb. Yeah. Um, I think it's like four in the last six um, goal yeah. contributions. So it's really good, and including that free kick against Leicester. And then the two I mentioned there, um, Rav Vandenberg has been excellent so far. And then Senny Dieng, like I said, he's just yeah. so, so important. You see now goalkeepers have how distribution matters yeah. so much in the game. Now. And for me, and I know like some of the underlying numbers are, well, the, the numbers in front of Dieng might not look good, but for the eye test, He's really good and really calm and the distribution's great. And sometimes I think data sometimes can be a little bit misleading, as we all know, right? Um, but for me, Dieng's been a superb signing for us and I think he's been a, a, a really quality addition for, and uh, probably better than what Dieng was last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with the data, I think keepers, it can skew, can't it? You know, a couple of a couple of, a couple of slow XG chances that go in, you know, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the, the keeper had a chance because it might have been, you know, hit with real venom and the keeper had no chance. But yeah, Dieng's someone I liked when I saw for QPR a couple of years back. So yeah, he's definitely someone I've rated at that level for certain. Um, so what, where Sam Greenwood playing these days? Is he on the wing? Is he playing kind of like an, like an inverted type winger? Yeah, inverted winger. Inverted winger, so on the left-hand side. So Bora play like a set-up in like a, a 4-2-3-1, but a 3-2-5 yeah. shape, um, really, or 2-3-5. It kind of varies, really. And Sam's playing in this ball like a free roam mm. on that left-hand side, so you'll you'll see him like come yeah. into the pitch and try to create an overload. And then what we're trying to do is create space on the left for our winger to get up the pitch. Um, but yeah. The difference is probably this year we're trying to go playing, playing through teams um, which is probably yeah. reflected now data um, rather than crossing the ball into the box. But yeah, Sam's playing that more free roam and it's given him a bit of a lease of life a bit and you can kind of see his qualities. Um, he's getting into really good positions, creating chances. I just think defensively he still needs a bit, that bit of work, but that is part and parcel of that position. Like you yeah. will get caught out of position so many times. Um, yeah. and, and, that, and that's it really. But he's, yeah, overall though, really, really good in that position too. He really suits it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, in terms of departures, the I mean, last year you had Akpom and Archer, didn't you, as the kind of front pair, and they were great, weren't they? And, and like Ryan Giles was one of the big supply lines for those guys. So I take it that that was a big hole to fill those three guys going. Yeah, well, if you add uh, Aaron Ramsey in the mix as well, I think it's yeah, 66, yeah, goal, yeah, yeah. 66 yeah. goal contributions uh, we lost overnight. Yeah, just gone. hard. Um, yeah, so you're thinking, right, okay, well, that's, we're having to rebuild and it kind of, kind of sees where we are now in terms of how, how do you replace those players? Cause it's so difficult, right? You can mm. try and bring in three yeah. or four or five to try and, to try and mitigate that all the quality that we had. And obviously three of them were on loan. You want to get, we want to get money for Akpom. So you're not getting too much, you know, but I'm glad to see him that he's, uh, he's, he's doing well at Ajax now, but it's, it's took us time, you know, it's took us time to, mm. to get going again and, but we still look really yeah. dangerous. I think what's, what the good thing is about Carrick and what we, the good thing that's came into this season as well, even though we've lost probably 66 goal contributions overnight, we're still really good going forward or we look really dangerous going forward. The difference is from this year to last year is that last year when we got the chance, we were putting it away and our XG numbers were fantastic. And you can, every time we, we had that created a really good opportunity, yep. we were putting it away. This year, we had about two or three chances to put it away, which is probably the reason why our underlying numbers going forward may look good and create chances, but putting them away were underperforming. So, it's a bit of a, a bit of a frustration on that side of things, but defensively as well, like I think we've just been really unfortunate. Um, but I know we obviously we've had a bit of a, a miss of the players going forward, but defensively, like we look better this year defensively under Carrick, but we just we're creating. So we're conceding just crazy, crazy goals. If you, there's a, there's a video from our graphic designer, Matt Rowney, um, made it. And it's a compilation of Middlesbrough conceding low XG chances. And every single one is from about 30, yeah, about 30 yards out. And it's just like, what can you do? You know, sometimes, um, but we, 
it, it happens, right? It happens, but that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Well, I guess I guess the rule of thumb is in your favour that these things even out, don't they? Or they should do. That's the theory. So maybe you've got some fortune coming your way. So yeah, just in terms of the squad and the, the level of the squad, where do you, what are your kind of expectations for the season? You know, are you kind of fancying the playoffs still? Or yeah, I, I am. I, I'm still really mm. happy with the squad, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. There's, there still needs to be sprinkles of quality that we need, and you know, I think going forwards, if we can just bring someone in to to finish the chances that we're creating. Yeah. And just add a bit more pressure in the in the wider areas, then I think we'll we'll be all right. I still think playoffs. Do I think we'll yeah. go up this year? I think the more and more I see it, and the, the unpredictability of this league this year is actually in, yeah. probably on another level than probably previous seasons. So anything can really happen, and I still feel confident. Though I definitely feel that we've got enough there in the in the team and the squad. Um, and the management as well, um, and our ability to come back in games. You know, I think we're, yeah. we're bottom of the league for first half and top the second for top, second half. So right. we're really good at managing the games um, yeah, yeah. in the second half and then making changes. So we've got enough there, in my opinion, to get us get ourselves there. But yeah, we just need that sprinkles of quality, I guess, to to get us over the line. So you're expecting a bit of transfer activity in Jan? Do you think maybe a forward or something? Or is, is there, are the rumours or suggesting that? Yeah, the rumours are. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I think we're we're after about. I would say about three. I think we'll probably get in in the dawn right. in, in January. Definitely a forward, um, potentially a right back, and probably I'd go with another winger um, uh, to, to help with our injury wars. To be honest, we, we're just plagued with injuries, so we probably just yeah. need some more short-term players to, to get us over the line for this time. This time. Yeah. Uh, in terms of results this year, you kind of got off to a slow start, um, but results have really picked up what, mid-September, I think. Um, and then since September, you've looked like one of the better teams in the division. So our results are great, but the underlying numbers kind of back that up. You know, I think you're kind of looking like top four, top five, aren't you, in those in those metrics as well. So what do you think the slow start was down to and what explains the turnaround? There's a few things. There, there is yeah. a few things on this one. And, you know, you can't always fully pinpoint the exact mm. thing that it, that it was that we changed. But you've got to... The slow start really was due to probably one a form like an in, in possession like settled possession uh, style like I think we we moved from like a three two five to a four two four and it was quite narrow it was really narrow for a four two four as well and um, right. we were getting hammered on the wings and people were creating crit- overloads and it just getting caught in the transition so easily and that narrowness with a bunch of players that haven't played together mm. um, just didn't really work and also we the, the highlight reel started early in the in the yeah, season yeah. with people considering the highlight uh, um worldies but we reverted back to like more of that three two five shape in possession become a bit more slower and um we've kind of took our time a little bit more in possession like we were last year and we mm. try to be a bit more we try to play through the thirds a bit a bit too quickly I think in the, in the initial initial phases right. of the season um, where now we've slide, slowed down a little bit it's not too much we still have that tempo and tempo really matters in how we play yeah. um, but, but it just we start when we move back to the what got us good last year and there is mm. changes to that of course but that's really helped I think Josh Corburn coming in as well has really helped us and given us a bit of a vocal point up top and yeah. just given someone to play off um, with Lyle Laugh like he's he's great and he's re- his runs are amazing to watch and you think you're really good off the ball, but can you really make it stick when we need to make it stick? And he just, it just wasn't. So every time you get the ball forward, it's come back quite quickly. Um, so there's a number of things in it. I think we just slowly had to bed in together. The change of the systems helped and, yeah. you know, we started to take our chances again. You know, we were creating quite a lot of chances in those early games and you probably see it in the underlying numbers as well that our XG was quite, quite high, but we just yeah. weren't 
creating them and um now we we started to massively overperform so it started to balance out and then we're in 12th place but i think we're the most 12th place team in the division because we've just when we're good we're great and when we're bad yeah. we just give away so much uh we're, we're never out of games which is great because uh, we, we do create plenty of chances but um yeah that slow start was was really just down to probably an accumulation of, of things rather than just one sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the numbers now. You considered Forto West Brom off an XG of 0.6. I mean, that's painful, isn't it? <laughs> that's brutal, isn't it? What can you do? And there was two to, two to QPR of 0.7. Yeah, that's just luck, isn't it, really? You've got to take it on the chin, I guess, and expect it to turn around. Yeah, you, you try it with Onion. Yeah, yeah. You look at it and you just go, well, what are we doing wrong? Like, what? There must yeah. be something like it must be a flaw, and there is a flaw in how we play, and there definitely yeah. is. I think transition is probably where the game's going to be on on, on yeah. at the weekend. And I I just saw when 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 you watch, I think even at the weekend as well when, when Bristol City British Bristol City scored another worldly. Like it's just a case of like we need to maybe either become better at our pressing, don't get turn up, get the turnovers, or we just need to you know make things a bit more difficult. But what can you do when someone hits the ball from like thirty yards and goes top ins? Yeah. Like. There's nothing much you can do, is there? So, we, yeah, we're just really unfortunate, I think, as well. Probably breaking into yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So, Michael Carrick, um, quite a big name manager in the championship. I guess he's considered one of the brightest uh, young managers in the EFL. So, how do you assess his time overall at Borough? Big smile, <laughs> I reckon. You can see it, yeah. I mean, you can see yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, Carrick's class. I, I absolutely yeah. love him. Um, probably not the level of what Bielsa was to Leeds fans. Um, but I, I really do love uh, Carrick. You know, he's came in. He didn't change too much when you you know when you see a manager come in and just make loads of changes and you, it yeah. doesn't really go well. Yeah. Carrick just came in and refined things, got players on board, started to put his points across and his principles and how he wants us to play through the thirds yeah. and how the build up is and it really worked and it built a really good connection. And last last year, the, the run we went on and the way that we were playing and that second half of last se- season was probably some of the best football I've seen at Middlesbrough yeah. for the last twenty years. Like it's yeah. it's it's just um, it was just amazing to watch. Um, and obviously this year, you know, I think the the poor start which you mentioned there, which I think is unfortunate. Um, trying to adapt and try to change things, which every manager should always try and test things. Yeah. Um, Bottom time, I think the the really good one bottom a lot a lot of time. Mm. I think there's always a small percentage of fans right and they're happy, but yeah. um I think overall an unbelievable time at Borough so far. And I really hope this season we keep building again. And if we just miss out on playoffs this year, I still think it's a successful season for us. Um but I know a lot of fans probably won't want that. Um, you know, obviously they'll, they'll see playoffs last year and they'll they won't see it this year and they'll think, Oh well yeah. we've we've Regress, but really we're, we're just building up when we're on that journey so yeah. um but for me Carrick I absolutely love him and I'll be devastated when he uh he probably inevitably leaves in a in a couple of seasons well you have to enjoy him while he's there I suppose that's the attitude isn't it I guess you have to have so yeah so, so how would you describe your style as a manager you know is there a, such a thing as Carrick ball or is he quite like an adaptable guy <laughs> uh there's nothing like Bielsa ball is there really <laughs> I mean that 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 in itself is amazing to watch and like is it is a neutral yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, there's no one ever on that scale, unless you're like Pep or Bielsa or Klopp. Who have Deserby, Deser- maybe. Yeah, Deserby yeah, as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many that have this like one style where it's just this is a very a specific way of playing. Yeah. Then you've got the other end of the spectrum where you've got like a oh, like a, maybe like a Neil Warnock maybe who will adapt his approach to different teams and be a bit yeah. too adaptive, but we'll still have that same principle. The I think Carrick kind of, 
Graham Potter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a great show. Yeah. Graham yeah, yeah. Potter's. Um, and I think Carrick kind of leans in the middle of it a little bit. Yeah. He has yeah. his principles and like every manager shows and, you know, the principle of, of trying to, to build, build up in possession, try to play through the thirds, try to create overloads in certain areas. And his, his say principle and his philosophy is all about creating space. How can we create space right. in, in different areas? And, and we do that so well. You know, obviously when I was saying to you before where you, you create that lop side on one side end of the pitch and yeah. you, you switch the play over. That was a really, really good uh, bit of play for us to watch. But I think it heavily relies on how we, we play. It's pretty much, te- I would say tempo is probably the biggest important part. Yeah. And probably the most important part of how Carrick's teams want to set up. You know, if, if you interrupt our floor quite quickly, it can become quite bitty and a bit, you know, right. a bit forced, but with Dieng this year, I think what, what I say, well, the big difference is it is a lot better than probably Stefan, and even though Stefan was really good, is that we can go along now. So we're adaptable mm. in games. So yeah. you'll see Mills Ronaldo will play off in the back, but if it gets a bit too much, we'll play it long. Crooks will head it through and we'll try and play, we'll beat the press with that way. So it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good balance. He has his principles of how he wants to play, but he's a very adaptable manager. And I think the one game I've seen this year where I've seen us come on leaps and bounds was Leicester, where we won one mm. nil. It was the first time I've seen Bora um without the ball control a game and control it really well. Like, you know, the press was really good with creating traps and right. Leicester didn't create much. And, you know, we, we needed that bit of magic to get the three points, but overall we were deserving of the points because I just think we controlled it even with thirty percent possession. So uh, but yeah, for me, I think adaptable and good, good game management as well. It look, we make the, we make the right changes and also we're really good at in the second half as well. We're able to take, understand how teams are playing or their game plan and come in yeah. at half time and then make the net changes necessary to really adapt it. And probably just add to another list of like saying like really adaptable managers, Carlos Carona, um, Oh, West yeah. Brom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good shout. Yeah, absolutely. I'll stand at it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would say he's probably interested in that middle, which sounds like a bit of a cop-out answer, but when you watch Mills replay, you'll be like, I get that a little bit. You'll, you'll yeah. get it. So do you think there's like a build, like a settled way of building uh, possession for Borough? You know, like a like an idealised way of building out? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I was saying to you before, like, goal kicks are so important. And like yeah, when, when, I went in, when I got into this journey of, of looking at, you know, underlying numbers and, and stats. Like, and, um, I found goal kicks is probably one of the most important part of, of football, yeah. which just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? When you mm. when you like yeah. not when you're away from it, but when you see how we build up and how we try to create space in the central area, get the ball out wide, and have that little pattern where we build up, and then try to use the wide areas to to really try to stretch teams out, which yeah. is a natural thing for us. But then when you watch us, we are. I think we're top for smart passes, I think, this year, um, which is right. really good. So we, tr- we try to play through teams quite a lot. It's never, um, back, like, forward, backwards, forward, backwards. It's very much, it can be, it can be side to side, but it's very much threading the needle. And when you see Dan Balassa play, when he's in space, yeah. um, we, re- we really just highlight how good we can be in possession. Um, but sometimes House and will, will occupy that position just for more of, like, the legs than anything. Um, but we'll play in that 3 2 5 shape or alternate, but at the start, um, just before Tommy Smith got injured, we were playing like more of like a two, uh, like a more of like a, a two three five really, and you yeah, know, yeah. the wing backs co- would come in more centrally, and we'd push players up and we'd try and like bring uh, push teams back like that. But since Smith got injured, we've moved more to that, that back three again in possession, and we try and create those overloads through Greenwood or through McGree who's playing that position, and then they'll come in whilst Isaiah Jones be on that right hand side and try and stretch it from that side. So. There's clear principles, there's clear ways of building up, and there's clear, like, 
ways of how we want to play. But yeah. the one difference from probably one one big difference from last year was that our crossing. So last year was more around getting Giles to whip the ball in the box. Yeah. This yeah. year you'll probably see it from the deep completions, like numbers that we try and play the ball in the box a lot more. Um, is trying to play through into those central areas and. And yeah. that's probably the the biggest difference that we've had this year. But um, in terms of self possession wise, yeah, we're very much we're, we're very comfortable. And we have that idea and, and way of playing. Okay, good stuff. Uh, in terms of when the opposition have the ball, how would you say Borough press or drop off, or is it something between? What's the what's typical style there? You know what? I sound like a cop out by saying this again, but middle of the road. Honestly, yeah, yeah. if you look at our um, PVDA numbers, I think we're just better than the average. I think we're about eleven point two. Right, and then the average like. 11.8, I think. So you'd like 11, so 11, 11 opposition passes before you do a defensive action. Is that essentially what you're that's, saying? That's yeah, exactly yeah. it. So we're pretty so like, middle of the road. And, so like six or seven is like a high number, isn't it? Like a high pressing team would hit what, six, seven, eight, I think. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so obviously leads are, are really high on that. They're what, eight, aren't they? So, I think so. Um, yeah. but, but for us, it's very much middle of the road. And how we try to, to do that is a case of we'll look, we'll probably try to press from the halfway line, really, from our own half. Yeah. You'll probably see more of our, I press, but it's not like a low <laughs> block. It's very much like a, it's probably a mid to high block, but it's like quite aggressive in that middle yeah. area. Yeah. So the, the, the line's quite high. Um, and, um, when you see probably the, the other side of it, um, is probably a lot of teams allow us to play a lot more. Um, yeah. I think we have, and, you know, the, the sit back and the make things difficult and they don't want us to play as much. And, uh, but for us, I would like us to be a bit more aggressive sometimes. I think we, we've got, the ability really to get in behind and, and press more aggressively and we showed it against Leicester and we made that we give them a lot of problems so it was like well I would like to see a little bit of that I'd like to see more of that but mm. we do have a re- we're really really bad in transition to be honest once we get right. turned over there's a lot of gaps there's a lot right, of gaps okay. um, which I'm a bit concerned about coming at this game. But. Well, I was, was going to say let's, let's talk about how Leeds kind of play and it's, it's kind of evolving a bit at Leeds actually we kind of we've We've become quite a bit of a transition team, and our you know our best performances are when we manage to turn it into a like a transition game, and like we tend to let teams come to the halfway line and do kind of a similar thing, like that aggressive mid block, and then go and try to generate the transition from that. So, so if if Leeds do try that, do you think Borough will kind of let Leeds have the ball to kind of nullify that, or do you think Borough will try going toe to toe and try and play and play into Leeds' hand? I guess. Yeah, no. Last last season, I would I would I would have said to you, no, we're going to go there, we're going to try and dominate the ball. Yeah. And we're going to stamp our own authority and we'll own the mm. game. And we did that against Swansea last year when Russell Martin was in charge. Yeah. And, you, know, you know how his teams play. They just yeah, play yeah. for playing sake at some point. But we we owned possession of that game. And then I was like, right, that's, that's kind of how we want to play. And then we watched Leicester this year. And it was the first time that team has become more defensively sound as a unit and tried to play yeah. that system. So I'm intrigued by it. I'm really... I'm, 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 I'm probably going to fall towards the, the latter of saying that I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we gave or we allowed Leeds more of the possession to see what they would do with it. Yeah. Um, cause I think around the box, we're defensively quite sound and you look at us and go, but how have these conceded so many goals? But then we'll create space. You'll create space in a different area or we'll give space up in, in different areas and yeah. probably occupy a few of that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued by the game. I'm really, really intrigued by it because I think it, it depends if we're going to allow you to have the ball to be honest. And um, it probably depends how how good you guys are with with letting teams have it. Because I think against uh, Leicester yourselves, you create a lot of chances um, from letting them have the ball. So 
It's uh, yeah. it'd be a, quite an interesting game, right? Yeah, I think so, because Leeds have sometimes struggled against a high press. Like, we had a bit of a kick in off Southampton down there, and they just depressed the life out of us. They really came at us, and we struggled. And then I think we pressed Leicester quite aggressively more than we have done in every game. So, obviously, we had a direct game plan to hurt Leicester that way and make it that kind of game. So, it's... And in other games, we've, we've let teams have the ball and we just said, right, come at us and then go at them when they hit the halfway line. So we've been quite adaptable in that respect. So, yeah, again, the same way, I'm quite interested to see how you come at us because you might see that um, that weakness when we get pressed, particularly if particularly if Liam Cooper's playing at the back and we've got a few injuries, which we do at the moment. Perhaps, you know, the, you might fancy coming at us, but at the same time, if that doesn't work, that, that, that leaves us open for the transition, doesn't it? Which is what we're good at. So, yeah, it's intriguing. I'm looking forward to it. So, um in terms of the state of your squad and injuries and all that kind of stuff, and of the players you've got available, who do you think is most important for you to play well and you know hurt Leeds? Um, if he wasn't injured, I would have definitely said Riley McGree um, yeah. or said yeah. Green or so said Greenwood, but he can't play. Um, right. So yeah, it's yeah. an interesting one. Um, I would probably say that I'll give you three uh, players I think probably to look out for: uh, Hayden Hackney in, in centre midfield. Yeah. Um, a really, really good player. If you haven't seen him from the twenty ones for England, um, so comfortable on the ball. Likes to open up always in space. Um, likes to drive the ball forward, and and he's a really good talent uh, to watch get us up the pitch when we need to. Same the end, the goalkeeper. Like I said yeah. earlier, distribution's fantastic. That chopping and change, and then probably Corburn as well if he plays. Like, and you get stick off fans um, a lot. Um, you know, because he's probably just not as good as what we had last year. But it's just different. Um, he'll he'll just try and make it stick and try and keep us up uh, the pitch. Like, um, it's a bit different from from the previous yeah. year, and he's not the best striker in the world but he's he's given it a good go and you know it's not his fault that he was going to go up them on loan and then we couldn't sign a striker and you know he's just came in and, and being quite good so um, I'd probably say those are the three to watch um interestingly the spine of the team you know the the, yeah. the centre mid and the, the forward but there's the players I'd probably watch given that we can't have um, Greenwood on the left or, or McGree since they're both injured but if yeah. they're not there I think Morgan Rogers will, will fill that role and we'll see, you'll see him just float around the pitch and you'll see him just occupy space in the half space or get between the lines. And it's quite nice. It's quite nice to watch it cause teams a lot of problems. And probably those are the players I would, I'd say you need to look out for. Okay. So what's your likely lineup? Do you think? Can you take a guess at that? And we should tell the listeners that this is recorded before the midweek game. So this is barring <laughs> injuries and changes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, I would say it'd be the young goal. Uh, if, yeah. Obviously, if we don't, uh, it'd be Dane Goal, Rav Vandenberg at right back, Dale yeah. Fry, Paddy McNair, yeah. um, and I'd go uh, Bangura left back because Engels just got injured. Um, Housen and Hackney probably in certain defensive, like in that in yeah. those double pivots. Yeah. And I'd go with Rogers on the right, and then I think we'll change it ever so slightly with the other three. I'd go uh, Rogers on the left, and then. I'd maybe option you know, Rogers in the centre, and I'll go Silvera on the left, who is a, a, a winger who would like to cut in, and then I'll probably go Josh Corbin up top. Um, so a couple of changes, but we do have uh, Ambankin on Crooks getting uh, his fourth booking, and also Isaiah Jones on his fourth booking as well. And we we do have right. a game tomorrow, which definitely means they're both going to be suspended for the game against Leeds, right? So, uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I yeah. think that's what we'll go for. Okay, fair enough. We don't really ask for predictions. What we will ask is, where do you think the game's going to be won or lost? I mentioned it earlier. It's a transition game. It's yep. a massive transition game, this. Yep. Uh, I think for both teams as well, though, I think like we're both, both teams are dangerous on transition. transition. Sure. So um, we're either going to nullify each other and it'll be like, uh, do you know that Simpsons, where it's not in the Simpsons where like, the football comes to Springfield and they both kick it in the centre? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be a, a game like that, or it'll be like a basketball match. Um, it, it's either or, but I think that transition's really, really key uh, at the weekend. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Johnny. That was fantastic. So, where can our listeners uh, find your content? Uh, you can find us on social media, uh, the Board Breakdown podcast, and yeah. uh, on YouTube as well, the, the Board Breakdown, and also on your podcast providers everywhere, pretty much everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, just search for the Board Breakdown podcast, and you'll and you'll find us there. Yeah, I can recommend. I've listened to a couple in prep for this, and I can recommend, guys. So maybe a few of our listeners will tune in after the Leeds game. Yeah, probably. They, they probably will, and they'll probably if, if if you've won it, my comment section is going to be a nightmare in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to apologise up front, mate. Sorry. <laughs> At least my views will go off, I guess. Good stuff. Oh, nice one, hey. Thanks for joining us, Johnny. No problem. I'll see you then. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Yeah, really good. Again, um, I just thought Johnny was was brilliant, and like I said, I I listened to your bit with him on his podcast. You're both excellent there as well. He's good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, just a really knowledgeable guy. Can have he knew plenty about leads, and he had some pretty clear ideas about what he likes about Burroughs. He's obviously a big um, Michael Carrick fan, and as you would be, I think, if he was your manager, I think he's a good manager. So, yeah, it generally seemed in a good place with the Borough. I don't think he thinks they're kind of the complete package. They're quite a young team at the moment. Um, but broadly speaking, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. And he was happy, so it made for a good podcast, really. It really did. It really did. Um, I enjoyed it again. Another good guest. Uh, the only other <laughs> issue slightly, though, is that, as ever, we've been struck by the curse of the podcast, and he talked about a few injuries that they had, and then they've actually added to that now since you and him spoke. Um, I think a few of them were injured actually before the Preston games, sort of after you recorded that podcast. A um, couple to note. Um, in... Uh, Hayden Hackney, which is one player you both discussed, which is a, a you know a player I really really like. Um, so it's a bit of a shame on that. And then another centre back who's uh, still quite young. I think he's only in his mid twenties. Dale Fry, but he's out as well. He's he's a very seasoned uh, player now at this level. So pretty big plus for us. But they won't be involved. I don't think in this game. Um, it's unlikely anyway. From what Carrick was saying the other day, and they have quite a few injuries as, as um, Johnny was talking about. So uh, the team might change a little bit. We'll probably come on to that in a bit. Um, so, yeah, I'll dive straight in. Um, first question is, as Johnny alluded to, uh, Borough are a side who can play a bit more direct or build up the ball through the thirds. Um, but with those injuries in mind that I've just mentioned and the fact that they're away from home against the team unbeaten at Ellen Road now with six wins in a row in our recent league games and that they can be hit in transition to, is it safe to assume that he might be right that they're more likely to allow us the ball? I'll start with you first, Dan. 
Yeah, we kind of discussed that a little bit tonight. Actually, again, um, he kind of he's kind of in two minds. He thinks they probably will sit back a little bit um, and let us have the ball. I mean, I I talked about our weakness on you know sometimes breaking down a low block, um, and he thinks they've got quite a smart analysis team, so they might recognise that. And there's a good chance that they will sit back and, and allow us to have the ball. Uh, he thinks Carrick's quite a adaptable adaptable manager. He's got like his principles, but he's not frightened to kind of play a different way just to get a result. So. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they do allow us to have the ball and try and sit back and look to transition us um, and try and sort of protect themselves from our transitional power, if you like. Yeah, I think I certainly agree with that. You got an insight on that, Martin? I think I would agree. Um, if you look at the statistics from the game against Leicester, they had 33% possession in that game. Um, so I think that could be a good marker for the way that they'll look to approach this game. And I think they'll probably look to be going a bit more direct in the game. And it's something which they can do effectively as well. They've got players who can play long passes from distance in their back line. Um, fortunately, um, one of those, Dale Fry, who is very good at long passes, and also Hackney as well. He's one of the players who impressed me when I watched. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of players there missing from their deeper areas, which will make it harder for them to get those direct balls out there. But I think that probably will be what we should expect to see, given that Eric is a manager who can change things around and that sort of um shows on on the stats as well i know it's on opters analysts they sit in quite a similar area to us um when it comes to play style so they've got quite a similar speed of attack as well as quite a similar um amount of build-up attack so they're sitting in, in the in-between areas so not slow and intricate and not fast and direct the sort of a team who clearly they mix it up what they do because of where they sit which is like us we're capable of setting the ball as well as hitting directly and quickly. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, I think. And did what you watched on some of the tape uh, in preparation for this game also tie in with, with some of the stats you've talked about there and also what Johnny said? Yeah, it did. There, there, was, there were moments where that they were setting the ball and knocking it around nicely around the back and putting around pressure from what, when the opposition was attacking them. But there was also moments where they noticed that there were these direct passes on and they would do that they're not afraid to get the direct balls in behind when they do see an opportunity to do so so it is definitely a team who are capable of attacking in multiple ways which is something i like to see and it's good that a coach isn't afraid to deviate from these ideas obviously we all love bielsa's game but there were times where we wish he would have deviated a little bit from that but there is managers who won't deviate at all which is fine everyone got their managers got their own style it's going to be. It does make it more difficult for us to anticipate what they're going to do. I feel like adaptability has been a bit of a theme on this podcast lately, with a lot of the preview um, teams that we've been talking about. I think it was for the Swansea game when us three did that as well. Um, and Dan, yeah, like adding to what Martin said, there, I think you like Carrick quite a bit, don't you? He's a pretty good coach, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think like they had a good season last year, but they had a good squad, didn't they? They had some really good loanees, which we discussed a really, really high level loanees players. I'd like, I'd love to see leads. Um, and the squad is nowhere near as good this year. And it took them a while to readapt and sort of adapt to this season, you know, um, but they've come round and, and now they're getting results with that lesser squad. That to me tells that, you know, that says to me that Carrick's a good coach and he's, he's adapting and, and getting something out of lesser players in his second season. So yeah, I do think he is. And also um, there was a stat Johnny mentioned about that Borough were top of the second half league table, but they were really low in the first half league table, if that makes sense. So, you know, kind of suggesting that he's good at adapting in games and, and adjusting to games. I suppose you could play the flip side is he's bad at setting teams up and he has to adjust, adjust. But 
I don't think that's, that's necessarily a fair way of seeing it. I think he is someone that can adapt and change things in a game. So, yeah, it might be some. It might be a game that we, if if that's true, it might be a game that that we don't dominate for the whole game, and Carrick might, you know, at some point outsmart Fark, and we might have a spell under the cosh. If if Carrick is as adaptable as, a, as as Johnny says he is, and I think he probably is as well. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm very impressed. I think there's a reason I put them so high in my sort of early season predictions was less so looking at the squad and more so looking at Carrick as a coach. I think he's a, a really really good um, adapter and, and thinker and tinkerer, uh, even mid game like you just mentioned there. And yeah, his hand is a lot strong. Uh, lot was a lot stronger last season. Is a lot weaker this season. And Ryan Giles probably was the best left back in the league. He's gone. He was on loan. Cameron Archer, one of the best strikers in the league. We know all about him. We, we were linked to them, as you mentioned. Akpom was the top goal scorer in the league, playing as a second striker. Aaron Ramsey, that's Jacob Ramsey from Aston Villa's brother. He was really good for them as well. All of them are gone. So that's key players that they've had on loan that they've because they've not gone up. They've had to replace them the best they can. And I do think the squad base level is a is a bit weaker, uh, the floor and the ceiling probably. But they're still a decent unit, and I still think they've got some good players, which we're probably going to go on to talk about in a second. But yeah, I just wanted to to give a bit of a, a nod to Carrick. They've they've invested a little bit this summer, and quite a lot of it's on youngsters and unknowns. But I think he's he's still got a decent side and there's there's some quality that he's added in with the likes of Dieng who I think is a really important player for them in the way he um, can sweep and he can build up the ball if, if needed and then Lewis O'Brien who's actually injured but probably one of the the names that a lot of Leeds fans will know a really good midfield player but another one that's actually going to be injured for this game but they're probably the only two signings at the summer that I A knew and B knew were good um, whereas a lot of the other ones like I say were were young unknowns but it's worked for Sunderland so it might well work for Borough and yeah they have they have upticked in form recently but yes let's go and talk about some of these players a little bit um, are there any players you wanted to talk about that stood out particularly Dan I'll start with you first well it's, it's not so much on the watch but um, just a, just a tip from tonight that apparently last night Morgan Rogers played and he's, he's been a bit in and out of the team he's not he's kind of been a bench option and apparently had a real strong game last night and um, Johnny was just talking about maybe this is an opportunity with the injuries and to McGree and uh, Sam Greenwood being unavailable you might see Rogers get a game so and he, he looked pretty strong last night apparently so just one to watch really there um, <clears throat> I players that, that I really like in the Borough squad um I really, really like uh, the Australian midfielder, Riley McGree. I think he's a really, really good midfielder, but he's been missing quite a lot this season. Another player they've missed, like quite a creative midfielder. So it's a real kind of shame that some of their better players are missing. Um, I've always liked Isaiah Jones. I mean, I kind of, you know. Yeah, he's a, a bit of a Dan James, perhaps, like a really direct, lot of touchline hugging winger kind of thing. Maybe a bit more to his game, perhaps. I don't know. But, you know, those players can be effective if used correctly. And I think, you know, uh, Carrick will use him correctly, won't he? He got two goals. Yes. Not yesterday, day before yesterday against Preston. So, yeah, one to watch. Any for you, Martin? Good players first? Yeah, there was a couple who caught my eye on, on the watch. Um, one was uh, right back, uh, Ralph Vandenberg. Well, he's, he's very good in the early build-up phase and helping to link up the midfields to the defence as well. And I think with the way that Borough play with the three-two-five, which Johnny mentioned, which and quite often Vandenberg is part of that free as well he'll slot in from right back sometimes then other times he'll burst forward and get in space and he has some nice combination play going on with the winger on that game I believe it was Jones who was playing on the wing in that game it was against uh, Bristol which I watched and they had some nice combinations going they didn't have a successful game against Bristol I felt Bristol really did have a good game in that I think they won 3-2 and they quite easily won the XG battle as well but that's some, something totally different. 
but yeah, those are the two who mainly stood out for me, as well as Hayden Hapney. Uh, but luckily, he won't, won't be playing. <laughs> that which is good for us, obviously not good for Borough because he's probably their best midfielder. But his midfield partner also is no slouch, one who Leeds fans will be very, very familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Housen, who also look, looks like he's aged quite, quite well and he's still a good championship midfielder. So, and he will most likely cause a problem as well because he, he likes a shot from distance, we know that. Uh, so yeah, I think he's one that we'll have to watch out for as well. He's 35 now, but he, I, I, I couldn't tell from when I was watching him play. He looks like he's doing really well for his age. Is he, is he playing like the single pivot the, or the, the kind of the first receiver? That's been more Barlas, Barlasa, sorry, I think from what has I've been, seen. But I, I think Housen does it as right. well, but I think Barlas is probably the yeah. player they go to more for that. Yeah, I was just wondering if we're going to see a house versus Perot battle there, you know, like kind of on the pivot. But yeah, perhaps I thought I thought it might be okay for Perot because House is so old. But there we go. In terms of pressing and defending, in terms of of players from me, I think you've covered quite a few there. I'm a big fan of Hackney as well. And O'Brien, like I've mentioned, Lennyhan's a big miss for them. He's out for the season. Um, another seasoned Championship centre, but he's not like amazing or anything. But he's just a really solid player. Probably a big part of their rest defence, you'd imagine. But he's not going to be there. McGree, definitely agree with you. No pun intended. Um, uh, Mark Marcus Force is a player. I think that. Is really really useful for Carrick, and it's a shame that he's out because he can use him in a couple of ways. He's used him quite a lot as a as a right winger, even though he's a right footed striker, um, and he's done really well there. He's actually chipped in well with goals and assists. But for me, long term, he probably will be a striker. He's a pretty good finisher. He's out of the game as well, so that's good. But the the players that are available, Diang, I've mentioned already, and, and his role in, in the team and how important he can be for sweeping. Big upgrade on Stefan, in my opinion, from last season that they had. Isaiah Jones, yeah, a right winger, sort of right wing back type, but very, very direct and has been doing really well in front of goal this season more than usual. Um, and one player that I just found really interesting to have for a few years, he's, he's actually a Leeds-born player, but he's not played for Leeds, is Crooks, um, who they play as, mostly as a number 10, but he's played quite a few positions for them over the last couple of years. Uh, he can play as a striker, he plays a kind of part of the pivot if you really want him to because he's quite physical. Um, but he's he's really, really big guy. Um, he's quite good at holding up the ball. So if they do want to go direct, he's a good player to hit because he will take the ball down on his chest or win a header, a flick on or whatever. And very, very good for that. Um, so he's he's another threat. And I just wanted to give Housen a shout out as well myself because he was one of my first heartbreaks as a Leeds fan, which kind of shows how young I am compared to you two. Um, but he was <laughs> the first player ever that I decided to get a name on the back of the shirt for when I was a, a young lad. And uh, then he left like a year and a half later or whatever. So that was a shame. Um, but yeah, he's, it's good to see him going well. And I, he is one of my, my all-time favourites and a very, very, very seasoned championship player at has to be said but yeah that there are a few issues i think in their team which i think we should go on to discuss in terms of especially because of the injuries um are there any players that stood out to you as a potential weakness i'll start with you martin this time to be honest on, on the game i saw that I, I didn't see anything which was made majorly exploitable um i think i think in, in general the f- fullback areas is probably the main area that i would say trying to get get in those sort of areas especially when they commit players forward um, I think that is something that we can look to exploit um, because they do like to build up quite centrally. So I, I think I think there will be times when their wider areas may look a bit open to us, and we'll we'll be able to get at, at that sort of area. So whoever is playing in the fullback areas, I think we'll be looking to try to get in behind them, them to exploit it. I think so. So rather than players, it's more positions and the way they're set up would lead to those spaces opening up. Mark, uh, sorry, Dan, anything to add? Yeah. I think um, we could potentially have a bit of a, an advantage in centre mid. 
not that Housen and Barlas are bad players, but I think we might have an athletic advantage over them in the midfield. I think, you know, Ampadu and Kamara probably more athletically, uh, you know, a bit more athletic than those guys, a bit quicker, a bit stronger perhaps, you know, younger legs, that kind of thing. So that's somewhere we could turn them, especially in those like transitional moments. We might just have a bit too much running power through the middle, maybe, for those guys. Um, so I think that could be somewhere we... Exploit. I think it depends if Barlas is playing as the first receiver or not, and I think it's more likely that he will be. And if he is, then Perot will be on him, and he's probably it, it, the player I would compare him to. Is quite a tidy, like decent player. He, he reminds me a lot of Forshaw, to be honest. So if he's like that type, then Perot might not be able to sort of get him in the way you want. But we'll see. Um, I, I actually disagree slightly with uh, Johnny um, with one player, which was Coburn. I understand the whole argument about him being a focal point and perhaps needing that at times, but I think you can use Crooks in that way and have a bit more of a, a striker that's going to stretch beyond like Latte Lath, who does run the channels pretty nicely. As Johnny says, he just has a bit of um, maybe a lack of composure in front of goal as well. But yeah, Coburn's a, his first touch and his finishing is really poor this season because he gets in a lot of good positions, but it's not been great. Um, they do need a centre-forward, in my opinion, in January. That would be what would transform them into a team that could definitely be in the top six and maintain it, I think. Um, and then another area, I think you mentioned Vandenberg, but he's probably going to play centre-back because Dyke still had to play against Preston at right back and he's well down the pecking order and not the best fullback in the world I would say um, and then for me it's just about the unknowns with them they've got Bangura at left back a new player who's replaced um, Engel a new player and then Silvera a winger I don't know much about these guys I've seen them a couple of times so it's, it's a bit of an unknown with them I don't know the level they're all at because some of the leagues they've come from are, are perhaps a little bit more I'd say obscure and and not as strong as the championship, let's put it that way. So the level isn't maybe perhaps fully clear with some of those guys yet. And I think if they're relying on players like that because they've got a lot of injuries, then that might be a good thing for us when we've got none ourselves, let's put it that way. Um, And yeah, just to kind of round off this section a little bit about Borough, um, just wanted to ask you a little bit more about underlying numbers, Martin, if that's all right. I don't know if you have them to hand, but you normally do, so I'm going to ask you anyway. But yeah, they since the start of the season, um, their form's really improved. They obviously have put up decent numbers throughout the campaign and I think they have had a bit of bad luck as as Johnny mentioned with some of the long distance shooting that's been flying in at random times that happened against Bristol City for example one of the goals of the season in that game um, but recently they've, they've been much much better they've won eight of the last 11 after losing five of the first seven so it's sort of the underlying numbers are now bearing out into overlying numbers I want to call it in, in front of goal um, but yeah is there anything else you wanted to add on on that front Martin? Well yeah so when it comes to the XG for them um, they've got the fifth highest open play XG uh, with uh, 23.76 XG accrued so far and they've scored 21 goals from that so they've got um, an underperformance in front of goal which tells because they've mentioned that they've had problems in the centre forward area so that would make sense why they'd be looking to target a uh, striker in, in January um, and in regards to the set piece XG for them um, they've got the 12th highest so just sort of middle of the park so possible could threaten as possible do nothing but regards to the set piece against they actually have the best set piece against xg in, in the league they've only conceded 3.34 set piece xg however teams have overperformed from that set piece xg scoring six goals from that 3.34 xg and um, so that those six goals is the sixth worst which is quite interesting so they've got the so the best set piece xg xg against so worst sorry xg against and we've conceded the sixth most goals from that. So it's quite an area that maybe we could, could look at and maybe score a set-piece goal from. And in regards to the, the open play, XG against uh, seventh best when it comes to that, um, with 15 XG against. 
and teams have a form this like um Johnny mentioned in the interview and they scored 17 goals from that open play xg and that goal that you mentioned from Gardner Hickman my word yeah oh. my word <laughs> yeah that's that's if if you haven't seen it please look it up it's a fantastic goal he just dribbles from inside the half first wide then comes central then just hits it with power and with curve and it just smacks off the underside of the crossbar and in it was a special goal very special um and then i already mentioned about their play style they've got a similar speed to us and a similar passes per sequence as well so uh, they're capable of mixing it up like we've already said um, but yeah that's about all i could say from a stats point of view lovely well it just kind of ties in with everything i've been thinking about borough for pretty much most of the season now which is that they're definitely a team that should be in the top six by the end of the season i think this is one of our hardest games at home so far um and yeah i just think that carrick's a really good coach they've got a pretty good squad and it's a good combination and they probably are gonna if they invest a little bit in january like they did last january when they got it absolutely spot on in terms of recruitment they'll definitely be in the in the top six in my opinion and and this is genuinely one of our hardest games um we played a lot of our our hardest games away from home so far with Leicester Ipswich Southampton but yeah this is probably the toughest home fixture for us so far and yeah I guess now we'll move on to the the lead section of this um so the first question I'll ask you Dan which is how will we approach the game in possession and are you expecting anything different from the Swansea game no I'm I think we're going to want to try and draw them out aren't we like we always do so I think the the hope is that they're going to come after us at some point and we can draw them out. So, no, I would expect that the patterns that we play to be quite similar in possession. You know, we're going to play around the back, wait for them to come out and then, you know, and then then, then kick off those kind of, um, that distribution down by the fullbacks and out and stuff and to the wingers. So, no, I think I think we're pretty set in that respect. Um, and the worry is if they don't come out and then, you know, we end up kind of playing up to them and then, and then kind of horseshoeing around. That's the kind of worry, isn't it? But, I get a feeling that they, at some point, they're going to step out because you know they are a proactive team. Even if they do come out with the intention of sitting back, they, they might do that. So I think we should have some opportunities to sort of play through the lines and you know and getting getting behind now and again. Yeah, what I would say is that I think this is a game where you don't want to go behind. I think they're probably one of the better teams if they have a lead um, in terms of protecting that. And we've we've done generally quite well about getting back into games. We had to do it again against Swansea, but I wouldn't want to have to do that here. Martin, do you have anything to add about in-possession stuff or do you want to talk about out-of-possession? I think we can move on to out-of-possession. I'd agree with Dan with what he said there about the in-possession. I don't think there'll be any major change, but the way we approach the game, we will look to get them to, to draw them out to get space for us to play into and hopefully do similar to what we started doing towards the um, start of the second half against Swansea, where we was playing it a bit, bit more patiently and letting Melier sit, sit with the ball a, a bit longer, which obviously our fans moaned about. Oh, they did my head in <laughs> yesterday. I just kept saying to the people, like the old dars that's sitting near me, like, it's a tactic, lads. They were trying to draw them out and they wouldn't have it. They were just like, sorry, that ran over. But <laughs> it's like... Dan, you no, are a dar. I know, but like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> He's an evolved dad. Yeah, well, He's an evolved yeah, dad. I've evolved. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched Tifo come on. All stats pulled. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all stats pulled. Yeah. It's like, it was just like, come on, lads. It's obvious. It's a tactic. Get with the program. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't expect anything majorly different to what we would normally do. And we will look to get direct where we've got the moments to do so, get, get the ball quickly forward to the lovely Rutter and the fabulous Somerville and the pool and James. I'll, I'll give him his the credit. Cooled, the cool Dan James. The cool Dan James. Yes, he's cool, very cool. But yes, uh, we are out of possession. Um, I think there is a possibility that we do try to maybe mid block this. Um, 
because I think that we will want to draw them out. And if we want to draw them out, we don't want to be too overly pressing. And I think despite the weakness that they've got with the players that they're missing, I still think they are capable of um, playing around our press. Um, obviously, we, we thought we might do this against Leicester, didn't we? And that isn't what took place at all. So we, I could be totally wrong with this. <laughs> and we could end up doing the same man-to-man press that we did against Leicester. But I mean... It's- some of our best performances recently have come with a more aggressive press, haven't they? Yeah, they I have. mean, Leicester, second half against uh, Plymouth, uh, Plymouth, second half against um, Swansea last night was, you know, the, the press ramped up a bit. I mean, do you, do you agree with that, Martin, from the watchback? Yeah, yeah, we were... Just we, a little we, bit more aggressive. Yeah, we were, yeah. were more aggressive in the second half, which did help us to um, get more ahead in the game. So, yeah, maybe just discount what I said at the start of this, then. Well, it's just, it's funny because it's, yeah, it's just, it's not what we thought we expected from Fark, is it? When we, when he first came, we thought he'd press a bit, but we always thought that was a weakness of his, but actually starting to prove to be something he's fairly adept at, isn't he? You know, he's, he's coaching a press. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think we might go man for man. And I, I don't just think it because that's what we've done more than not. I think it's also because we will want to focus on some of those players in their back line. They're, they're not the usual players it's it's a little bit disjointed and and not sort of you don't have that settled core they haven't had that for for a little bit now we have and i think that that is something we can exploit so that's another reason not just because of of tactics but individuals as well and i think individual battles it might make sense to do that personally but i might be wrong because because i don't i don't want to see perot get sort of done by Barlasser and then they've just they're just sort of running into like open spaces in midfield and and stuff like that so that's a little bit of a concern but yeah um yeah, we'll we'll move on. I guess now. Um, are there any? This, these usually are the same players. But let's see. If there's anyone different? Are there any players you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from a Leeds perspective? I'll start with you, Martin. Uh, good or bad? Go either. I think I'll definitely say the midfielders. Um, I think I said this um, for the pre- from the last game um, as well. And I think the midfielders were the ones who didn't have good games in this. Um, in the game against Fonzie, at least in the first half, especially, they didn't have a good game. But those are the players who I see that we need to do well in this, especially considering that they are missing their strong strongest player in midfield in Hackney. So that is something which. So are we in Dallas? <laughs> of course we are. Of course, yes. Dallas, the best central midfielder in the league. Um, but yes, uh, I think those two, Ampadu and Camera, are obviously very important to what we do both in and out of possession. And I, I think I'd want to see a reaction from them in the first half. And both of them settled into the game and did have a much better second half, I felt. But I think generally the whole team did. Um, but those are, the, those are the guys for me in this, as well as, obviously, my gorgeous Georgie. Dan, anything to add? Um, if if Dyke Steele's playing right back, Somerville might fancy his chances, so... Again, you know, I think there's there's a there's a quality mismatch there. So, you know, you might, we might see some of the some joy, but then I guess if Jones is in front of Dykes, it might help him out of money and he's quite a quick guy. So that'll be quite an interesting battle to see how they deploy Jones and how deep he plays. I guess he can play quite deep because he's so quick he can get up the pitch quickly and attack from, from deeper areas. So that's that's perhaps an interesting little wrinkle in the game there. Sort of uh Somerville versus that right side. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the only player I think I want to say uh, might struggle a little bit is Byram, obviously playing as the the high and wide left back up against Jones, who's one of their best attacking threats, and he's very, very, very quick. Just going to go on the outside of him all the time, and he is a right-footed winger, not a left-footed winger looking to invert, uh, which probably suits Byram more, actually. But um, yeah, he's just going to go on the outside of him a lot, and that might be a bit of an issue for us, but there's not too many 
even though I like Borough as a team, there aren't too many individuals that are that really terrify me on either side here for, for them or for us. So I think most matchups are pretty good. Touch wood. <laughs> um, and do you want to have a stab at a predicted lineup for us, uh, Dan? I don't think there's going to be too many changes, even though we had the lovely Jed Spence back, and it would be really nice for him to get some minutes against one of his former employers, and he'll want to get one over on them, I guess, in a game where you know that he's against a team that didn't really give him much of a chance, and he had to actually make his name for himself at Forest before Borough sold him for a lot of money. For <laughs> when Forrest did them a favour yeah yeah I think it, it was a little bit of bad blood there wasn't it the fans were yep, that tweet, anti him and that stuff Neil Warnock yeah. tweet yep. yeah yeah and they, they were talking about you know Isaiah Jones being the better player and all that kind of stuff it was all a bit kind of ugly wasn't it yeah I, I, I'd be surprised if there's a change I, I mean possibly if if um, Byron can't play two games in a week Furpo gets a run out but I doubt it I think they'll want to play Byron because he's, he's, he's the best of the two isn't he for our system, so now uh, in, injury injury aside, I think it's the same team. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it will probably will be the same team unless uh, Stroud what picks up an injury, and then maybe we'll see Cooper come in for him with an outside chance of um, Serpo maybe coming in for Byron. Um, it's still more to rotate those more just to make sure that Byron doesn't pick up a long term injury from playing too often. But I would expect it's probably Byron who will play. Good stuff. I think I agree with you both. Um, so what do you expect watching this game of football will look like, Dan? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to go... It could be really, really fun. If Borough come to play and really come and try and have a go at Leeds, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. You know, And I think we'll see goals both ways. I think they're, they're a real good team, well coached. They'll have ideas about how to hurt us. Um, but I think we can definitely hurt them. Um, if they're clever and box clever and, and they might bog the game down and make it, you know, make it frustrating and get the Leeds fans on the back. So... I've got a feeling they might try and box clever, but they won't be able to do it for 90 minutes because their instinct is to come and play at some point and step out. And I think we'll have opportunities from that. So I think we're probably favourites. So, you know, I trust us at home at the moment to, to get a result. So I feel like we can get a bit of joy when they lose their discipline. Martin, yeah, anything to add there? I think I largely agree with, with Dan. I think the only thing I would add is if they go in front, that, that could be pretty ugly for us um, in terms of trying to break them down. I don't think that would be very nice, and I think they're probably a decent transition team themselves. Yeah, well, I, I, I do think that we probably will um, have more of a possession in this game, mainly because I expect Carrick to identify that that is the best way of him getting a result in this game, and I think that we'll probably, at least in the early going, say, see them pl- Sitting not not deep because they, they wouldn't go that deep. Sitting in sort of mid block and trying to stop us and dodge up the middle of the park and get players in areas so that our midfield can't press the ball forward. And so we'll have to try to get players dropping deeper to help help us out. And we'll try to take advantage of that. But there will definitely be moments where they do where they do come out because, like Dan mentioned, they are a side who want to play in, on the front foot and their natural instinct will take over. So I would definitely agree with Dan on that. That will be when we should look strike. Now, we don't make predictions on this podcast, but we do ask, where will the game be won or lost? I'm going to ask you this first, Martin, but but first I want to just say, uh, Dan betrayed us and gave a prediction on, on their version of this podcast, and I want him to sit in shame while you answer the question, where do you think the game will be won or lost? First of all, boo! Boo to Dan! Uh, but yes, um, I do think the game will be won or lost as to where, uh, sorry, how they approach this game. I think if they do look to sit back and betray us, I think they'll have a better game for it and we'll have less space to play in and not be able to create as much. So I do think that is a big thing as to how the game will go. And I think as well, who, uh, whichever team takes advantage of the transitions or is capable of making the transitions even, 
So if we, if we are able to bring them out with our play, that will be a big thing is to get that space. If we're able to tempt them to press a little bit higher than what they maybe would like to, and especially with the players like Housen who maybe have a bit of a bit between his teeth because it's 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 a former club, it's boyhood club who's playing against, so he'll want to make an impression on the hometown crowd because he knows Ellen Road very well. <laughs> so he'll he'll be wanting to play well in this, in this game. Um, but yeah, I think that's how it will go and where it'll be won a lot. Dan, anything to add and, and to answer for your crimes? Well, when in Rome, I was I was invited to, to make a prediction. So, <laughs> you know, it's just numbers, lads. So I um, I wonder about like the set, the set piece thing. Um, you know, they've got centre-backs out. They've got McNair potentially in, in, in defence. You know, I mean, he is a centre-back these days, but he's not, he's not like a big gnarly centre-back, is he? So I wonder if he can get some joint centre-back and maybe see Pascal. Pascal or Roden picking up, you know, chance some chances. Um, but yeah, it's just just like Martin. I think you know, if I mean whoever scores, I mean, it's such an obvious thing to say. But whoever scores first has got a massive advantage in this game. If we score and they've got to step out, then I would really fancy us to kind of get in behind them a lot and really hurt them, you know, so, so often. But like you say, if they score and then sit back, I think it's just going to be a really frustrating game. And you know, you'd be you'd be happy taking a point out of that kind of situation. Yeah, spot on. I agree with everything you've both said. Um, and this is the first time, I think, this season in total that I've gone into a game uh, at Ellen Road and not been 100% confident of a win. And I don't say that every podcast I'm never going to predict us to win because we don't do that. But generally speaking, I've been quietly confident thinking, yeah, we'll win this. But this one, I'm not as sure. I'm a little bit more 50-50 than usual. I, th- I think they could frustrate us and it could be a little bit stodgy at times in the middle of the park with the, the two mid blocks going at it or whatever. Um, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're a good team so I don't want people to be too disappointed if, if this is a dropped points game for us at home not going to be that many of them this season by the looks of things though if there's one here then it's just one of them and Carrot is a good coach and they are a good team um, but yeah that brings us towards the end of the podcast so I will now plug the patron um, as Tom Olson would tell me off and did give me a little talking to you about it before uh, we joined the podcast today um, so yeah over the last few weeks we put out some bonus podcasts on our patreon and for those of you who don't know, Patreon is a platform where people can pay money to support creators that they enjoy and receive bonus content in return. Um, we put out pod- Patreon-only podcasts and analysis articles and videos, and our patrons also get all our podcasts ad-free, plus early access to the preview pods, such as the one you're listening to now for some of you. Um, and it really helps us out when you support us, and it means we can do more content like those, other things like the Under-21s podcast, which you two did recently. And if you are interested and want to access this content, you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. Yeah, we've also been bringing back our Twitter spaces recently, which is quite a popular thing in the past with John and Darren and people like that. So um, if anyone is interested, make sure you have your notifications turned on on Twitter to, to get most of them. We're doing stuff like that just after the team news is announced, uh, sort of 10, 15 minutes after that's that's come out, and it'll be a bit of an extra preview for you on top of this one. And I think we'll be doing it again this Saturday. Um, but yeah, that's... Um, that's all everything so we'll be back early next week with a review of this game and a preview of the Blackburn one soon after and all that's left for me to say is thanks to Martin thank you to Adam and thanks very much to Dan as well thank you Adam and thanks to all that listened in I hope you all enjoy the game goodbye and have a great week
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.